Can you recall a moment or an experience that felt like a truth bomb hit you like a ton of breaks against the head, shaking your world and leading you to a profound spiritual awakening? Well, and how did this experience impact you and your journey in this life as an empath? In this live chat today with Whitney of Women Waken Podcast, we will be sharing with you the seven signs you are experiencing spiritual awakening. Welcome to the Empath Rising with Raven Scott channel and the Empath Narcissist podcast, where we are exploring the depths of spiritual awakening and personal growth after narcissistic abuse. Drop in the comments where you are tuning in from and like this video and make sure to subscribe. Hello, hello. Hi, Raven. <laughs> How are you, Whitney? I'm fantastic. It's good to see you again. It's good to see you too. So what do you think about this topic? Did you relate to uh, the, the questions beforehand? Did you have an experience that just whacked you up against the head and woke you up? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it was like pretty unexpected, right? They never are what you think it's going to be. It happens at weird times. Um, you know, the thing about awakening is that it's um, it's a moment, it's an aha moment, but it's also like a big shift. It's like a shift in what you thought you knew, which is always a little bit scary at first, mm -hmm. uncomfortable. Yeah. It's true. It's true. I remember um, mine was... Maybe we can go into more more depth, but I'll, mine was when I had an argument with my ex and I just was like done with these arguments over and over, the same argument. And I went over into my room, my bedroom, and I saw like this dark mist floating in the room. It was like this dark gray mist and I was like, well, that's scary. So then I closed my eyes and then like I saw like this dark vortex and I was like feeling myself getting pulled into this dark, like tornado, like vortex. And I think that was my spiritual awakening moment. Whoa. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's crazy. What do you think it was? Do you think you were creating that for yourself to like an, like a projection of what you're experiencing? Or do you think it was sort of like spiritual intervention to show you like what you were dealing with? Or do you think it was like his energy, like the dark vortex? I think at first, I thought it was the energy of the house because there had been divorces beforehand, I think two in that same house. So at first, I thought it was the house. And then when I moved out to a safe space to work on our relationship, um, a dark shadow figure followed me. So then I was like, well, it couldn't have just been the house. Like, I think it was his dark energy and that entity maybe attached to him because then it followed me and it like, woke me up in the middle of night and it was like staring at me. What? Raven. <laughs> it was like standing in the, like the window. 
but it was staring at me in the bed and it was, so it wasn't like right next to me, but it was like over in the window, you know, like the Peter Pan shadow, except the creepy version. It was like staring, standing at me, staring okay. at me. So do you think this pertains to that concept? I've heard that when somebody is sort of their soul vacates their body, whether it's because they are just not connected at all with their spirituality, with, you know, their, with their heart, with love, with kindness, their soul is kind of like, I don't want, this is not comfortable. I don't want to embody this. And then once they vacate that other entities can come in and sort of take placement in that person's space. And so it sounds like you're almost seeing that outside the window that was like waiting to. But it was standing inside the room. And your, your partner was there too in the bed. No, I was all by myself. You're by yourself. Okay. Maybe it like came to visit you from him. That's, That's what I was thinking. Cause it was right. Like the week after I moved out or a couple of days. Oh my gosh. Wow. Raven. That's really wild. Like the entity was like attached to me. Like there definitely were cords attached that I actually just last year cut, but yeah, like it was like keeping a watch out over me. I don't know why it would want to show itself to me. It show itself to me other than maybe like a final scare tactic, maybe to scare me back to him. But I guess I was like, well, <laughs> nope, that's not working. Or maybe it was just checking in on you because it was like, yes. where, where are you going? Where do you Flying think you're on me. Yes. Maybe in his dream, he was like astral planing and trying to figure out where I was. I don't know. You could yeah. think of a whole different like reasons of why, but yeah. Well, if you think about it, I mean, if that's a, a dark entity that's taken possession of that person's body, they're curious about you. Like they, as much as that person themselves are wanting to follow and still get access to your energy, right? So they're like, hey, mm -hmm. <laughs> come on, where are you going? What do you think you're doing? Exactly. No, like you're attached to me. You have to come back where you're going. And th these are all great examples, Raven, of what is a spiritual awakening because it's obviously a very broad thing, but part of it is being more aware and attuned to things like entities and energy beings that are around mm -hmm. us all the time. And I don't know if you ever felt this with your abusive ex-partner, but I, I never saw anything, but I remember when we would sleep in a bed together, I would wake up and just have this a darkness. Like there was just this heavy energy that just didn't feel good. Like something was like yucky. Like I was just like, oh, like, what is that? And I've even had that, to be honest, with friends who were um, either like really like using a lot of drugs and alcohol or like really kind of just like angry people. I would sleep next to them and just say, why? Oh, God, I feel like this like doom sense that's over me and it's really uncomfortable. So there's something to mm. that. There's something to what happens to a person that's very displaced from their higher self right? yeah there is there is something to that yeah and i think that a spiritual awakening is a lot is becoming aware of all these things at play that you can't necessarily see but that are very much there right they were there all along our whole life but suddenly we're taking notice and we're starting to work with them and play with them and align with them and synchronicities are one of the strongest signs that you're having your spiritual awakening when thing, you have coincidences, you have synchronicities. Did you already have that up there or did you just put it there? I had points and you perfectly already had one. You said it. So I was like, I have it. So I put it up oh, there. It's like, it's like spiritual awakening jeopardy. I picked. <laughs> yes. I called it out. Bing, bing, bing. Bing, bing. Exactly. Got it. Um, yeah. So synchronicities are probably my favorite. I'm a sucker for a good synchronicity. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Talk about it on my podcast. 
Um, and they are their little signs that are trying to show you just like you just did. Ding, ding. You got it right. Hey, you're on the right path. You're exactly where you're meant to be. You're I'm listening and you're listening. We're working together. That's how I tune into it. Right. Yeah. I remember. Um, so my show is called Women Waken. Right. Mm-hmm. And I it started the idea first started when I had my big awakening. I would say really in 2019, which I can get back to. Yeah. Tell, tell us your story after okay. you to say this. After this, I'll get back to it. 20. 2020 was when I was like, what is this? Like I had this awakening. What do I do with it? Cause I felt that call, which often happens as a result of a spiritual awakening to leave a more um, soul led life, to get on your soul's path, to be on the path of your soul's purpose. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes us adjust ourselves. We're like, I don't want to be in this box anymore. I don't want to just be this labeled thing. I want to share this thing. That's like bursting out of me. This concept that's like, Hey, we are meant for greater freedom, greater joy, greater love, and greater peace in this life. And that's what I want to share with others. So I was feeling that and I decided I was going to open my own private practice because after COVID, I was, you know, as a therapist, I could do my work virtually. And I thought, well, I'd rather work for myself and make my own hours and do my own thing if it's possible. And it was. And I wanted to pick a name that was based in that exact awakening where I'm like, okay, I still need to be a therapist. People need to know that I specialize in addiction and eating disorders and trauma, but I also want to let them know that I'm woo, you know, that I'm also, I mean, I'm in the spiritual world. And so my awakening, a lot of it was like this big flood around the divine feminine, which I hadn't really thought of. So I was like, what is, what's the deal? Like, what is that about? But I just wanted to move forward with that, with really supporting women and stepping out with their feminine energy to bring that forward to help rebalance things. So I picked Women Waken. I'm, I'm getting to the point of my synchronicity. Okay. That was like the summer of 2020. And then fast forward to December of 2020. And this was right before I started my podcast. And I was in that place where I was like, you know, I, I had this concept. I don't know if it's going to go anywhere. I don't like, do I, I was thinking about starting a podcast, getting it out there, getting the word out. But I went to Mount Shasta for New Year's. At the under mm-hmm. 20, if anybody is near that region, or even if you're not, if you want to have a spiritual awakening, just go there. <laughs> I guess that's what I can say. Fasta is considered a few things. It's considered a spiritual vortex, which mm-hmm. there are several vortexes around the world. It's just a place where there's concentrated. I believe that they're almost portals to different dimensions, different, you know, parts of the solar system, the universe. Or they can also be indications of where there was once an, an ancient civilization that had like a sacred ground. Like Lemuria. Like Lemuria or Atlantis, <laughs> those type of places. So Shasta is known as a spiritual vortex. Mount Shasta itself will absolutely take your breath away. Every time I see it still, it's like, oh my gosh, there she is. Powerful place. Lots of myths and legends around it. If you haven't looked it up, I recommend checking it out. And if you go there, you'll feel that energy. It's also considered the root chakra of the world. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So the earth has chakras. Um, I can't tell you all of them, but I do know that the heart chakra is considered to be Glasgow in England. Okay. And the root chakra is Shasta. So that's a powerful Mm. thing, right? Your, Your root chakra is all about feeling your safety, your security, your connection with 
with earth, with the elements, with yourself, with life. So I go to Shasta. I'm there for New Year's. I'm thinking like, you know, do I just drop this thing? Like I had, because I was still in the in-between, right? Another part of a spiritual awakening. You're going to feel like you're in between worlds. One foot is in your old life. You go to school, you have a partner, you get your education, you get a job, like all these normal steps. And your other foot is like, I'm branching out. I'm having all these other different awarenesses and ideas. I want to speak to things that not everybody aligns with. I just, I want to get more into the, the metaphysical nebulous spiritual realm. And so when I started my private practice and my website was called Women Waken, I had a lot of people that were like, what is that word? Like, why would you call it that? Like, that's really weird. Like, what is this like a, a woke thing? Like what? And so I had to like, really sit with myself and say, like, can you really stand behind this? Like, can you go full fledged into the woo, into your spiritual awakening and just decide like, who cares is what I'm going to talk about. So on this trip on New Year's Day of 2021, I went snowshoeing up Mount Shasta. I was literally like communing with the beautiful mountains, the gorgeous goddess that is Mount Shasta. And I'm thinking, and I'm like, what do I do when I get home? Do I start this podcast this year? Do I try writing a book about addiction? Like, what do I do? What do I do? And at one point I put my arms up and I just fell back into the snow and it was a bright sun, shiny day. And I looked up into the clouds and Raven, I kid you not, I can send you a picture later. Almost perfectly in the clouds was the emblem that I created for Women Waken, which is the double W's that you can find on my website, like two W's like this, right? Yeah. Literally perfectly in the clouds right above me. And I took a picture and I sent it to people. They're like, Oh my God, like that's literally what you created. So it just synchronicity, right? It felt like girl, don't even, don't even question whether or not you get back there and start that podcast that you keep going with this, like this, you're on your path. This is what you're aligned with. So that is an example of synchronicities that are really trying to tell you, like you got this, you're, you're cluing in, you're, you're picking up some speed with this. Those are signs. Oh my gosh. The double W. Now I know why you're like, nope, I'm not changing the name of my podcast at all. Yeah, <laughs> I, feel very, I feel very attached to it. I feel but very it, you know, when I first saw it, it made sense to me. I'm like, oh, she's speaking about spiritual awakening to women. Like yeah. when I saw it, I just knew that the C, the SEO algorithm wasn't going to get it. So we got to add more stuff after. Oh my gosh, our poor, you guys were so patient with me. I was like, you have to keep this. And they're like, Whitney, I don't think anyone's going to search that term. And I was like, I don't care. Mine. <laughs> it's, it's, it's from the gods. It's literally yeah. from the gods. <laughs> the gods of Shasta. I have to honor that. And I was able to keep it. I just had to add the, the other oh, yeah. subtitle. By the way, you guys, we're vibing. This is our second hour talking to each other because I was a guest on her podcast on Awaken. So, so much yep. fun. Always spend time with you. So, so tell us about your, your story. Yeah. So I mean, story. my story just re rewinds a bit before that. Cause I kind of filled in a, another chapter of my spiritual awakening, but for me, it really started. Oh gosh. I would say in my early twenties was when I first had little events of my spiritual awakening. And it was, it really took, um, I was really hitting bottom with my self-worth. I was about 24. I had gone away to school in New Orleans. I'm from the Bay Area, California. And I'd come back and I got a sales job because I didn't know what else to do with my life. 
I got a psych degree. I majored in psychology, but I thought, I don't know if I want to be a therapist. I don't know if I want to have that lifestyle where I'm in a room all day sitting. In the, I just didn't know yet. I didn't know if that's what I wanted to do. But then I was like, well, what do I do? You know, sort of that existential crisis. So many people in the early 20s have where it's like we look at the menu and we're like, I don't think I want anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think that I have my choices, which, by the way, is another reason we're having this awakening. The way that people work in the world is going to change in the mm-hmm. next few decades. We're going to have so many more things in the menu. And that's why I really believe in speaking to and encouraging women to bring forth their gifts because women are going to be the ones to introduce these new paths. Because we have, I would say, almost all of the items on the menu right now are masculine energies. You're producing something, you're pushing something, you're trying to gain or innovate something, which is is great. We're still going to have that, but you don't want all of one thing, right? You just described the incarnation cross of planning, like systems, you know, certifications, like that's it. Structure, right? Grids, like a, a city is mapped out in a grid versus our incarnation cross we're heading into. What are we heading into now? We're heading into, in 2027, the rise of the sleeping phoenix, which is totally Aquarian. It's all about individuality and rising out from the ashes, like you said, like creating and inventing individual paths for ourselves. Yes. Oh my gosh. Then that's, that's so crazy. Cause I intuitively have felt this. Like I, you know, and again, the spiritual awakening, you just start to feel, you know, something. Sorry. It's I get knowing. I have, I have 10 different ideas. Do I have the knowing? Is this going to be jeopardy? What? Uh, how about that one? Yes. There you go. Yeah. That worked. That <laughs> worked. Increased awareness. Another part of spiritual awakening is also your clairs, your psychic abilities. One of them is clair cognizance. That's a knowing, right? I don't, I hadn't heard that concept before, but I literally have felt that for a while now where it's like, everything is going to change. We're going to go from this very structured, planned way of living to a much more open, expressive, um, passionate way of living that works for more people to have that individualized, their gifts come forward. So we don't feel like we have to fit into different boxes by force in order to just survive. Yeah. yeah. So you're getting a job in sales and then what? So I got a job in sales and I did really well in it, but I just, I couldn't do it. I, I don't know if you, well, you, you did, a, you had a bit of a, did you ever have a bit of a corporate job before? Like- oh yeah. I was in corporate sales and I sucked at it. I really like worked really hard and actually succeeded and excelled, but God, it just wrecked my body and my brain like I'm not good at sales I'm like I don't care if now I'm like I don't care if you want it like (laughs) I'm not gonna sell you anything I don't sell my kids on anything you don't want to floss your teeth okay that's your choice (laughs) good they have to make their own choices yeah and but you know what I found interesting Raven was that it did make me aware that you truly you can't take the soul out of any situation as soulless as it might be because I would be in these rooms where we would be talking about the new initiative and how we're trying to sell everybody on this new ad. I sold copiers of all things. I sold copiers, a very hard thing to feel passionate about. A copy machine, a copy machine, paper, copy reproduction. Okay, okay. And I was an outside sales rep. So I literally walked all over downtown San Jose in two inch heels going call cold calling these law offices and all these places. I got the cops called on me a few times, like, cause you're not supposed to do that really. It was a ridiculous time. But anyways, I would be in these rooms like learning about this. And I was just like, 
I, I can't care about this. Like I, this is soul sucking. But at the same time, I would see love in these rooms. Like you, love is everywhere. And when I look back, I realize I was seeing that, right? The, that even though we were forced to, tr to focus and care about copy machines, there was human connection happening. We were ultimately, we were trying to help people, right? Mm -hmm. That's the truth. I remember I read that once in a book and it hit me and it said, you know, humans are very attached to the greed aspect of things. But if you look around, really all you're doing is helping each other. You know, mm -hmm. even someone who's trying to sell somebody on something, they, they'll use it as a guise of, you know, we're going to help you with this. The problem is the integrity of it, the sincerity, where you only right. are trying to do it if it will actually help them. Whereas a lot of salespeople will do it, even if they know that person damn well doesn't need it. And that, yeah. and to me, that was where I cut it off is I was getting this pressure, like, we'll just do it. Just sell them on it. I was like, I'm not going to sell somebody something that they don't need. Absolutely not. Like if they need it, great. We'll have a party together. We'll celebrate that they don't have to spend so much money on toner and it'll be great. But otherwise I'm out. And so that's when I realized I was like, well, what am I going to do with my life? I am, I need to have purpose. I can't just, you know, just push for that. Cause I do tend to have a bit of a masculine mind in that I'm very competitive. And if you that's give Virgo-ness, yeah. Yeah. It's like, give me an objective. I can't just wander this world doing nothing. I need structure. And so that, you know, suits me well, but I need soul. I need purpose. So I got tired of that. And also like my life wasn't going well. I was drinking a lot. I was, had really low self-esteem. I was really insecure. I was haunted by things from my past that I didn't know how to understand. Cause a lot of people would just say like, get over it. You know, like, well, that's over. You're in this new path now. Like, just enjoy it. But it, I felt haunted. You know, I felt I needed to release something. I didn't know how. My solution was to just run, to move away. And so I picked up all my stuff and just went to Seattle. And I thought that would fix it, right? In, um, in AA, I did AA for years when I got sober later. They call it doing a geographic. When you're like, this will fix it. I'll just move across the country. <laughs> I do now, but it's in spiritual pursuit. It's not, I'm not running for anything. I'm just actually being guided to where yeah. I see at different places. And it's joyous and everywhere I go has a different beautiful asset. Whereas before, wherever I went, there I still was with the same problems, with the same struggles. So I was 24. I thought Seattle would change my life. I was still miserable, still struggling. I was struggling with bulimia, with you know abusing alcohol, with all these things. And I, it really brought me to my knees and saying, I think I, I need to do something to figure out how to like myself. Like I just, I realized that I just hated myself so much. It was making life so insufferable, like so challenging. It's exhausting. It's exhausting to go through life when you just really hate who you are and just feel mm -hmm. like you can never be like everybody else. I always It is. You're constantly comparing, constantly in that negative energy, constantly... Yeah just feeling so crappy and stressed out, right? Because you're unhappy. I remember drinking at the end of mine as well, my career in corporate and relationship. I was so unhappy. I intentionally was drinking at lunch to numb myself out. I was like, yeah. I can't do this life. Let's just numb it out. And, and that's also the problem is that that's just as the way that drinking, binge drinking in college is celebrated, drinking to escape or numb out the pain is normalized in corporate world and especially this, in sales. That's how you build rapport. That's how you just get through the day. And, you know, it's insidious and it, and it creeps up on you. So I realized that I, there was a deeper issue because what I was doing, Raven, is I kept saying, no, I just need this. 
If, if mm -hmm. I find the boyfriend, I'll be fine. If I look prettier, if I'm better looking, I'll be fine. I'll, you know, I just got to change how I look. I got to change, you know, get the guy and get the job and then, but nothing helped. And then I, I hit this point where I was like, well, maybe it's not about that. And that's so simple, but I, I'll never forget. I was going for a run and I was like, what are you running from? Like, what are you running away from? What are you so afraid of? Like, are you afraid of yourself? Are you like, and that, and I just like sat there and sobbed on this like track outside. And I realized like, you need to look at who you are and see what that is because mm -hmm. you are running yourself ragged, trying to be enough and to be something that you can love. But if you have decided not to love yourself, then nothing else is going to matter. And we hear that all the time. People are gorgeous. They're rich. They're famous. They have everything that you could imagine wanting and they're not happy. And it's because that's all a glimmer. It's all, you know, it's all made up. It's all an illusion. It's a creation. It's an experience that we're creating to have as a soul. If we ignore our soul, we're never truly going to be happy. So that was my first moment. But let me tell you, it took a whole 10 years to actually move down that path. I wish that I just realized right away, like you're wonderful and let's look at all the great things about you. But it's, it was the inception point. Mm. And I remember being in a yoga class. Cause then I started reading a lot about your soul. Cause mm. what I realized like, was, was like, well, if I'm not going to judge myself based on like how I look or what I have, then what's, <laughs> what do I determine it by? Then who am I? Right. You know, like Zoolander. Did you, did you ever watch yeah. that? Yes. Who am I? <laughs> My Zoolander moment. And yeah, so I was reading all these books about your soul. And wouldn't you know, talk about like, you know, coincidences and life kind of lining things up for you. I could not find a job. And I was even looking for like low level sales job, but just nothing came out of it. And so there I was unemployed, living alone in this tiny studio in a city where I didn't know anybody. I was so lonely too, on top of everything else like that was brutal because it's one thing, like I just moved to a new city where I don't know anybody, but when yeah. you have a job that you love, I'm doing my podcast. Now I have such a network of beautiful, amazing people virtually. Now yeah. I have a whole rich life. I was so alone. Mm -hmm. I didn't have anything. And, and that's, but I think that's what made me have that moment to say, who am I? Like, what do I even care about? Cause I didn't also, I didn't know how to fill my days here. I was like trying to get a job, try to build a life there. But I was like, with what, like, what do I want? It was a lot. It was a lot all at once for a yeah. So I found this place. Actually, I started seeing a therapist, which was like the inception of what led me to realize that's actually exactly what I want to do is offer what she offered me. And we started working together and she recommended this bookstore called East West Books. And it's a spiritual bookstore. And until then, I remember being interested in horoscopes and I always, you know, was big into like inspirational quotes and stuff about like loving yourself. But that was the first time where I really dove into spiritual concepts about the fact that humans are more than just what we present, right? Mm. The external. And this book that I read talked about having this like glowing core inside of us that was eternal and that was perfect. And that no matter what, no matter the outside conditions, it was always there. And I remember the first time I felt it and I was in a yoga class and I was like, of course I was obsessing over the mirror. Like, do I look okay? Am I skinny enough? Is this that new thing? And then I just felt it. And I was like that, this is all that matters. And you don't need anything to have this. You could be naked and any size, shape or creed, and you would still have this. And that switched mm -hmm. something where I was like, that's what matters. 
live from your heart, figure out what your unique heart light is, your heart message, because looks will fade and change. You know, your partners will come and go. But if you allow that to lead the way, I really felt like you, I could be happy finally and accept myself. So those next 10 years were this crazy journey of deciding I wanted to become a therapist, realizing I needed to get sober. And as I kind of moved away all the debris, my spiritual development began to quicken and it really got into high gear when I got sober. That was big. Mm -hmm. Using substances are really kind of keep us more in the denser energy. They keep us tied to the 3D. Um, We'll talk about that a lot, that when it's hard to have those awakenings when you're still using certain substances that keep us from it. And so I got sober and I started doing AA. They talk about spiritual awakenings in that program. And oh. I don't, yeah, it's like, the, that's the 12th step, you know, it's called the 12th oh, okay. step. and the 12th step is you will have a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. And I was always like, yeah, whatever. Like if that means I'm happy, cool. But then like, <laughs> I didn't call it this. And again, this, the focus of this, this series or this live is seven signs. It really just starts happening. And I like to actually call it a spiritual opening because I just started thinking about things differently. I was like, wait a minute, what about this? And what about that? And I used to be so up in my own head until I started having my awakening, my opening. Cause you, you get out of the small self into the bigger self, right? That's what the awakening is, is you're blossoming. You're like, wait a minute. I don't have to stay so absorbed and focused on me because out of fear, right. And whoever needs to hear this, give yourself some compassion. If you feel like you've been kind of self-focused or absorbed in your life, it's a, fear, it's a trauma response. If we felt like we haven't been cared for, we've been rejected, we've been abandoned, we've been abused. Who else is going to take care of us? Who else is going to be obsessed with us? So we do it and we're all in our heads. But when we start to feel safe enough and connected enough with something bigger, we start to blossom and open and have Mm -hmm. awakening. Oh my gosh. And have this increased awareness. Uh, That's a bird's eye view. I always felt like everything felt like, okay, not like it was okay that it was done to me, but okay, like I can accept it when I gained a bird's eye view of my life, you know, like that pull away from, you know, calling myself a victim or being abused in some way. And you talked about earlier with substance abuse, it really does keep you in the murk, in the heaviness of the negative energies. So when I met my Um, now husband, he has always been dry. I think he tried it like once when he was in college and he hated the taste of alcohol. So he didn't even go there. And I uh, was drinking like our first date, I drank a whole bottle of wine and I had a headache. We had to get medicine for my headache because I had a hangover headache because I hadn't had anything to drink. I think at lunch or something like that. Like I was bad. And he was like, you were a total alcoholic when he first met you. But he helped me sober up because he didn't drink anything. And then once I was able to be sober, yeah, that the awareness just in everything increased. I was able to focus on my self-care and like any messages I needed to hear from my spirit guides and everything. Yes. Yeah. You really start to get tuned in and plugged in and it gets really fun and exciting. And it's also a relief. You know, it's a relief to recognize you're you're in a very interconnected system that's working for you and that loves you. You know, that's what I love about synchronicities is 
whenever I see synchronicities, I have the same feeling in my heart that I do when I'm close to an animal or to a child where you just, you can feel their joy. They're so unencumbered, uninhibited with their love. And, and that's what I feel. And I'm sure it's the energy of angelic, you know, spiritual energy, but it's like something that's like, I just love you. And I just, and so I'm putting this here for you because I love you and that's it. And there's no condition to it. So many things mm-hmm. in the world feel so conditional. Well, you're, everybody likes you today because you did a good job, but we'll, we'll see about tomorrow. <laughs> but when you connect with those energies and they're always there, that's the thing is once you start your awakening, you want more of that because it's not so intermittent, right? Yeah. And they're always there. They're always there for you. Yeah. What about emotional shifts? Do you think <laughs> that you had emotional shifts? In your journey, you like how I just put that out there? All shifts. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's what it was. You know, it was this shift from thinking like I have to, oh, here it is. Here's the phrase that I love that hits on the emotional shift. Mm-hmm. Going from trying to be some thing to being someone. I also read that early mm-hmm. on and, and I was like, that's it. I heard that in a therapy room and I started sobbing. It was actually when I was in treatment for an eating disorder. Because I thought, that's it. I've been trying so hard to be something. The girl who's super perfect looking or skinny looking or all these different things. I just wanted to be a thing. I didn't give a fuck about who I was. What's that? Yeah. yeah. And it's like this quote that I, I appreciate so much. It's attributed to Marilyn Monroe. Sometimes it's hard to know if any of these quotes are actually. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> like online nowadays, it'll be like, oh, Benjamin Franklin said like, you know, shake that booty. You're like, did he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not so much. <laughs> um, she said, Hollywood is a place where they'll give you a thousand dollars for a kiss and 25 cents for your soul. Oh my gosh. That's how it can feel. We're we're all just begging to have power and might. And we're like our soul, like, what is that going to get me? We don't value it. And that's why we are truly on the verge of a revolution because that is, is truly such like complete upside down thinking, but we're going to shift and we're going to reclaim our power because our soul is actually connected to the great entire power, the one, the whole, the source. And when we tap into that, we all know our own power rather than feeling like we have to earn it and fight for it and prove it, which is exhausting and demoralizing. And it's the way that most of us live. So my emotional shift was recognizing, like I didn't have to have my emotions so tied to what, how everybody else perceived me. And that again is like a a long, slow journey. I'm, I still have struggles with that, but it's, night and day. So, and I also would encourage everybody listening, speaking of emotional shifts, how important it is to look at your progress in everything, but especially with your emotional body, because it's easy, right? Let's say you have a bad day and you're like, that guy never called me back and I'm so upset and I'm still dealing with, you know, wanting to be, to be approved of, but look at yourself five years ago or 10 years ago. I bet you that you are responding in a much more level way or not feeling it so deeply, right? When that used to happen to me in my 20s, I was a wreck. I'd go straight to the bar. I would drink into oblivion just because some guy blew me off. Like, But I had no muscles. I had no self-esteem muscles. So I was just like, Burr. Yeah. Well, it, that is the biggest thing. I've been, I saw that somewhere yesterday or something. And it is a really good quote. It's like, do not let other people's actions define who you are or your worth. And that's exactly what we're doing when we're seeking attention or affirmation outside of ourselves. Yes, completely. And it really is when you're beholden 
to that. It, it makes life so draining. And, and it makes you um, at the whim of every single thing that happens to you, right? Yeah. I remember feeling um, or like hearing the analogy of like trying to be like a tree where you focus on growing your roots. Because if you have no roots, which is, you know, true confidence and love and belief in yourself, you're not as swayed as much. You might move a little but when your roots are weak because you don't believe or love or take care of yourself, you're falling over at everything that happens to you. And then you really are just, you know, a soul lost in the storm. So we're trying to find that shelter. It's, it can only be found in ourselves. Right. Yeah. And then when you're have that spiritual awakening and you find yourself also, I think this relates to like when you enter a room or you have a conversation with someone who you used to in the past and it like jived and then you have this emotional shift and you have a, a conversation with someone again and you're like, this feels off. Like sometimes even my gut will tremor. I'm like, I don't know why I'm scared in this conversation right now. I shouldn't be, but it's so dissonant because it's so different than where you're at compared to where you were. And they're still where you were. Does that make sense? Like, you just feel like you don't belong in a room because you're, you've shifted. Completely. And that is another sign of a spiritual awakening is you start to have visceral and, and energetic reactions to situations. And they lead to changes in relationships. Yes. Yes. You can realize that something that you thought was love is like, this actually feels very uncomfortable. I feel on guard. I feel like I can't be at rest around certain people. Right. Yeah. But also even just in like friendships, you can start to realize that you feel always feel anxious around certain people. Something just feels off and other people you're just like, Oof. like you just took a sedative. You're just like, Oh, I feel like a lovely. You start to have that's what I noticed. I started to have the same effects that I would have on drugs just naturally in certain situations, like certain things, just peace, just calm. Other things, not good on my system. And your body is telling you this is conducive. This is aligned with your where you're vibrating. If we try to force ourselves into a situation that's not aligned with the energetic level we're vibrating at, we're going to feel off. We're going to feel that tension, that, you know, anxiety, discomfort in those situations. Yes. I 100% agree with that. I think our relationships change. And this is why so many of us are probably realizing that we're surrounded by narcissists or toxic people, whichever word you want to choose, because you're, you're shifting out and your relationships are changing. And you're like, this person is stuck back here. And I'm shifting like and i think at the beginning of our awakening we feel bad that we're shifting like ooh, i shouldn't be and that's that's not the place like we want to affirm you that it's a good sign that you're dissonant with some people yes yeah and we can you know i i've kind of learned to just sort of gently make more space between those people from those people it doesn't have to be this big declaration of like we're done i don't want anything to do with you I mean, granted, if it's an abusive situation where you finally come to realize this actually is not a healthy dynamic and I can't be free to be myself and express myself without feeling attacked, without feeling hurt, without feeling gaslit, whatever it might be, then yeah. we get out. Right. And if it yeah. takes some direct messaging, but for the most part, I've just realized that, and it is sad that certain friendships, like I just, and what's interesting, Raven, is the way that relationships change is I started to see who I used to be. I remember um, going on a trip with some friends in like 2018 when I was 
in the beginnings of my spiritual awakening. I would say it, it really took off in 2019, which I also need to hit on my trip that I took. And I was wa- listening to them talk about how they like how ridiculous it was to believe in God and how people were idiots and about their beliefs. And I was just, I was so disconnected from that, but I felt, I remember talking like that. I remember arrogantly thinking that I was so clever because I didn't believe in those things. And I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. It just, I remember feeling like, Oh, that I don't, that's not who I am anymore. And I don't really want to be a part of those conversations anymore. Um, it sounds very arrogant and it sounds very rude. Um, those Judgmental. Are yeah. Low vibe. I, yes. Low vibe. And I was like, gosh, that, like that, I used to fit perfectly. I was a, a, another piece of their puzzle and now I'm not, and it, it still hurts. You know, I'm still friends with some of these people and I see their relationships grow. And part of me is like, oh, I'm not there. But the other part is realizing I have no place there anymore. You know, so yeah relationships change, friendships change, and there is grieving that might be needed. I think it's very important to honor grief. Uh, it's even if it's for your highest good to move on, we still feel a loss when we part ways in this lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. It's okay to grieve and just know that that person, what I also love, it was like discovering Akashic records and realizing that we have certain contracts within our lives. Mm-hmm. And with some people, it may be a short contract. It doesn't have to be lifetime, even if possibly it's family. Yes. And that to me is also when you know that you're on your spiritual path is when you, cause there is such a thing as keeping, cause it's almost like the concept of a karmic relationship, right? Mm-hmm. I do think that we're, we do sign up for karmics yet you go around it and you're, you're meant to get the lesson in around, right? Okay. Yes. You're, Sorry about this, guys, but you're coming into this karmic. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough and tumble. But then you can exit. But some people will never exit. They'll just keep going around and spend a lifetime in a karmic. And then you pass on and you're like, oh, shoot, I wasn't meant to stay that long. <laughs> and then you move on to the next lifetime. And in the next lifetime, you get out of it quicker. So we, that's why it's also so important to honor everyone's journey, their own path. And if you are learning quicker, it's an indication that you might be getting closer to ascending to a new experience after this life on earth is how I've come to understand it. Yeah, I've heard that too. Exactly. Like you're, you're closer to finishing that lesson in life and either you're going to come back and serve or you get to not have to come back if you don't want to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You get to move on to the next exciting adventure. But yeah, I think that, um, you know, some people don't, don't choose to honor when a contract is over and they'll stick with it. And, you know, I, I feel that way with my parents. And I think it's a lot of my parents' generation where it's like, no, we're supposed to stay in this. We are a family. We do this. This is my husband. I stay with them. And I think we're, we're liberating ourselves more now than we did before about, I don't have to just because they're family by blood, just because we made a contract. If it's not serving me, I'm going to move on. Mm-hmm. I think that's still very taboo, but there's more and more of people speaking out about that. It's okay. If it's toxic and that contract is done, it's perfectly fine to move on and say, yeah. thank you so much for keeping me safe and alive. If that's they hard. even did that, you know, sometimes parents didn't even do that for kiddos. You know, I've got to move forward and move out for the betterment of yourself and then your children. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that another sign is desiring truth? 
Oh my gosh. Desiring truth could be like the subtitle for my lifetime. I'm obsessed <laughs> with truth. I've always, I've, Raven, that's got to be somewhere in my human design, in my astrology. Like truth to me is like the most delicious thing ever. Like I, I crave it. I look for it. I could just listen to truths forever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I feel like we have to look at your Sagittarius because okay. I have a stellium in Sagittarius and like fairness and truth. And then my moon is in Libra. Like everything has to be super 50, 50 fair. And you need to tell me the truth. Like I hate, you know, when people lie to me, but that's, human nature, <clears throat> people lying to you to either get away with something <clears throat> or to not, or to avoid a confrontation or something. But yeah, like, I don't know. I feel, I'm not sure about this point because I feel like sometimes desiring the truth keeps us in the muck and like someone who's more enlightened is like, well, what is the truth? <laughs> there is no absolute truth. Well, but we're talking about an awakening, which is you're moving through. So you're talking about someone in enlightenment yeah. who's like, it's all true. But yeah. what I would consider truth is you're you're becoming aware that that our world doesn't really honor truth. Um, mm -hmm. We have a very strange practice of almost nothing is transparent here. And most of us lie constantly out of fear. I heard this once. People lie for two reasons. We're either afraid of losing what we have or not getting what we want. Mm -hmm. and do that constantly. Oh, I don't want them to be mad at me. What if they get mad at me and then they stop wanting to date me? I'm going to, I have to lie. I can't tell this truth. If we all told the truth all the time, we feel like it would be a disaster, but eventually it would just even out where we would, everything would be out in the open and things would actually function much more smoothly, but we're terrified to do that. So what it means to me, the desire for truth is not only like from one person to another, but it's also the desire for greater truths. Why are we here? Are we, is this really what life is all about? You just, you're born, you follow the steps, you go to school, you get a job, you get married, you work, and then you die. Is there yeah. really true that we don't know why we're here, that we don't know what's beyond earth? Is that really true? Those are the truths that I'm talking about for spiritual awakening. When you're like, what is this? And I'll give another little anecdote. In 2017, or first it was 2016, I was going through the steps of AA. I was sober and I was struggling. They encouraged you to have your idea of a higher power. And again, I didn't grow up religious. I identified as atheist for a while. But then I was like, no, as I learned about my soul, I was like, I know there's something beautiful here. There's something that's pure love. That's what I was very sure of. I was like, there's something that's just a totality of love and acceptance that exists. That's the truth. But I didn't know how to go beyond that. And so I was talking to this other woman in my, in my group. And she said, well, I'm going to send you this book. It's called Conversations with God. Neil Donald Walsh, she said, you might resonate with it. His concept of his conversation with what claims to be the, you know, the source, the one God voice. And so she sent it to me and I got, here's another like funny thing, how spiritual awakenings work. I got it in the mail. I looked at the first page. I read it and I was like, this is stupid. I was like, what is this guy? This guy thinks he's talking to God. This is lame. He's, not, he's talking to somebody in his backyard with like hanging out with a beer. Like this is not what's up. I put it under my bed. A year later, Raven, speak, speaking of desiring the truth, this thing just popped in my head one morning that was like, what would God say? Like, what would God say in a conversation? Like, what would he express? And I picked up that book mm -hmm. and I did not put it down for two years. I, that book is highlighted in seven different colors of highlighter. <laughs> it was truth, Raven. It felt like truth to me. I was, I had reached mm -hmm. my awakening that I could, I could receive this in a way that I couldn't the year before. So yeah. It really, awakening it takes it goes in stages 
something you might pick up and look at one year, you'll put it down. I've actually heard that. And I've had that with stuff like human design where you're like, I don't, this doesn't connect with me. And a year later, you're like, oh my God, this explains everything because yeah. you're attuned to truths where you weren't before. You're too closed off. You're too kind of stuck in your old way of thinking. But as you open and awaken your awareness, you're more able to see different levels of truth. Yeah, I had that. I had that um, experience where I loved and we got obsessed with human design. And then I started feeling like I was using human design incorrectly and not quite understanding it. So I was like, I'm not I'm not going to focus in on that. I'm just going to take a break from that. And I focus it on astrology. And then one day it clicked where like the truth connected and it was like the astrology knowledge made the human design knowledge finally make sense. And now, now I'm comfortable enough to go back into it. But yeah. Yes. That's it. So 10 more minutes we have. So let's see, we have another point to do, but you had a question. I wonder, I mean, a, a story about your travels. Does yeah. your story about your travels connect with this point feeling of oneness? Yes, it does. It does. Okay. So this really, um, connects the dot, my awakening to my, what I would call like my, my soul's purpose or my soul's focus is I took a trip in 2019 to the UK. My last name is Walker. I, my heritage is, you know, English, uh, English, Irish, Scottish. And I just had, again, I, at the time I just called it like, it made sense. Like, Oh, I just really want to go. I was being called to go do this trip. There was this emphasis in my body that was like, book this trip now and do it now. Also interesting that it was 2019. So it was kind of a little bit of a premonition that you might not get a chance to do this if you don't go right now. <laughs> so I was in between jobs. And so I took that, they call it a jobby moon where you like take a break between jobs and you go do something amazing. So I went there and I was speaking earlier about how Glasgow is considered the heart shocker of the world. And I don't know if it was, I went to Bath, which is kind of close to Glasgow. I also just went to Ireland. I went all throughout Scotland. The Highlands are just amazing. And something got stirred in me. I don't, I feel like it was my ancestors kind of joined my team, if you will. They say that we have a team of spirits and ancestors and guides all around us. It was like, they were like on board. And I came home and I was just like, what is happening? I was obsessed with like bringing women together. I, I became obsessed with different societal issues. I was going to all the environmental conventions and like the, um, you know, like the, whatever you call it, like the community centers and stuff, just talking about issues of like, what are we going to do about this? And what are we going to do about, you know, the changes in tech and the, you know, the schooling system. And, but then it was also about women being able to share their voice. Right. So here I was looking at kind of like you're speaking of, we're moving out of this way of like, here's how we do business. This is how we do finance. This is how we do law. We're going to start breaking out of those molds and it's going to be women that are the, the divine feminine energy, the feminine energy that's going to shift that. So I just like got this bug in my ear that was like, bring women together, let them speak, see what happens. I started holding women's groups. I lived in a 300 square foot studio. It was a converted garage. It was literally where women in Wakeham was born in that garage. But I would get like 15 women in there and we would just get in a huddle and like just talk. And no, we didn't have a topic. We would just have these different concepts come up and we would share thoughtfully around it. And it would be like the most beautiful thing every time. Mm. And that really got me propelled to like, this is where my life's purpose meets my spiritual awakening, which we all reach that point. And it's a beautiful thing because you're like, this is my light. 
I like to use the analogy that we're all kind of creating this mosaic, that every single person is a very important piece, just as vital as all the others of this beautiful mosaic that if you pull back far enough is like the most brilliant thing you've ever seen. Mm. And that's what happens when we all awaken. When you're not awakened, you're not, you're like a lighthouse that has its light shut off. Not only can't yeah. people find you, but your brilliant light can't be shown. It can't be, be in all its glory. That's what I feel like we're moving towards, where humanity itself is going to be able to create that mosaic. People have to feel safe to shine their light. And most people don't feel safe right now to express who they truly are. Those yeah. who are having that call to be expressed and invite others to do the same. Well, with good reason. There's so many psychic attacks, you know, personal oh attacks from all these horrible people. Yeah. And, but also the messaging, the messaging in our society is, no, you sit down, you put your head down and just get to work. Don't worry about, again, don't worry about what's in here. No, no, no. Worry about what yeah. you produce, what you make, how you're perceived. If you have, you know, stature, great people, you're, you're, you matter. If you don't look at how we treat people. It's true. I know. So, so unfairly the tops get all the privilege. And if you can afford healthcare, great. If you can't, well, Bad luck for you. It's like, that's not how we treat humanity. No. And we've normalized it. We, I, I like to say that the way we live now in a few hundred years is going to be like a parable of how bad things can get in a society. We, yeah. we are walking in it. So we're just like, well, it's just life. It is not life. This is a horror story in a lot of ways. However, mm -hmm. I also like to appreciate the notion of everything that exists is our divine creation. There's nothing that's outside of that. So even if we don't care for what we see, we bless it. And then we move more towards what we do want to see. Because if we, if we condemn it, we're literally condemning source, God, the divine. We have to bless it and say, this is what we created at the time that we thought this was of the highest good. I, As we awaken, we recognize that's not the case. I don't think the way that our world is, is the highest expression of humanity. So we have to make the choice, even if nobody else follows, to say, I'm going to turn towards what I, I would love to see for humanity, what I would love humanity to be about and to represent and to be expressed. Just move towards that. Don't worry about the mess. The mess will dissipate as you move towards what you want more of and put less energy into what you want less of. Hmm. Again, I see that envision of like rising out of the ashes. That's exactly it. Like shine your light up, rise out of the ashes. Let everything go down let below. Just let it go. Break free. Fly on. And yeah. Absolutely. And our last uh, point that I want to share was we desire personal growth, which can be our biggest strength. And don't let the narcissist manipulate you into it being your greatest weakness either. Yes. <laughs> As we talk tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. Allow for that <laughs> desire because it's, it's your soul leading you towards your phoenix rising. Phoenix rising. And this is why I think maybe that's why we're called to be doing our podcasts and others who are being called to do whatever, however you want to share via social media, a book, like so many self-published authors are now, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a normal thing. We can, you can be self-published and still be successful because we have so much information to give and we have the capacity to absorb so much information to grow. Yes. Yeah. And it's going to be exciting to watch us all blossom and grow like those little bamboo shoots you're talking about. Yes. The little bamboo shoots. We were talking about that in your podcast about it being the year of the dragon. Now, Cause we've been hanging out for hours. <laughs> I know. What did we talk about in that one versus this one? Yeah. The, this year's the, 
the year of the green wood dragon so it's the tiny baby bamboo shoot and it's it's the year to sprout something new you know it's pushed through the ground if you've already been working on something new that seed that you planted is sprouting it's flourishing i do see a lot of people who have been doing really well like leveling up in how they're presenting themselves and growing whatever they're creating mm -hmm. i think we're all feeling that energy like how can i do this differently how can i do this better and just keep nurturing your little sprout of whatever you are working on to grow and to become a big, strong, tall bamboo shoot. Yes. Yeah. I'm feeling it. <laughs> I'm loving it. It's good. It's so good. All right. Well, any other closing thoughts? Where can people find you, Whitney? Where are you focusing your energies nowadays? My podcast, my podcast, my podcast. We were just talking, Raven, about how, you know, once you realize what, a, if, if there's a beacon that's working for you, maximize that, go with that. And it really is beautiful nowadays that we, we have these channels that we can connect with people in ways that we never did. It's a blessing. It's a beautiful part of the awakening. It's no coincidence that we've developed these technologies to connect and share ideas. It's because that's what's needed for the big shift to happen. My podcast is Women Waken. It can be found on all platforms that have podcasts, <laughs> Apple, Spotify, and all the rest. And I release three episodes a week. I do two solos and one guest episode, which you're going to be featured on in a few weeks because we just did yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. To, um, if you also want to find me on Instagram at Women Waken, I like to, if you DM me, if you add me on there and DM me, um, I like to pull a card for people so we can connect a bit. I'm a tarot reader also. I know we haven't even touched on tarot, but I, I was hoping that <clears throat> you could pull a tarot on our live, but I was going to go. I have time now, actually, because my, my husband came home so he can take care of some parental duties. Okay. <laughs> I'm happy to pull it. Pull one. I actually have this beautiful nature whispers Oracle. So taking us back to the basics, getting connected. Mm. Also a part of your spiritual awakening. You're going to want to be in nature. You're going to want to go jump in a lake. <laughs> You're going to want to go walk barefoot in the forest. It's real. It is a real thing. <laughs> You're like, you just want to soak it. It's going to be like a cold glass of water to just like get out in nature sometime and be like, Oh, that's a, that's an indication of your awakening. Yeah. I feel like that ties into that oneness, right? You feel one with nature. Like I feel one with the trees and the plants. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I forgot to tie that into my story about the, like creating women weekend and the groups is like, we're all connected. Like my emphasis was the emphasis of all those women I was bringing together. It's just an un oneness is an unspoken thing. It's the unseen connections that exist. Right. It's, it's, it doesn't mean that we are all belong to the same, you know, uh, company or group. It just means that we all have this yearning in our soul that's aligned. And so we're, coming together in that way. And you, you start to feel it. And that also is why we drift away from some past friendships and relationships and into new ones. Yeah. And on um, the podcast episode that's airing tomorrow, we had Edit Be Kiss talk about um, how we're all co connected as one in spirit consciousness. So the people who are hurting us and us, like we're all one in the spirit world. So like, we're hurting ourselves when the other person's hurting us. And it was like a mind bending concept about like the oneness of consciousness. Wait, are you talking about your podcast? Yeah. On my podcast tomorrow, it's airing. Raven talk about synchronicities. I just had her on my show and I released her episode today. 
Oh my gosh, synchronicities. Oh my gosh. What a great Edith name. Kiss. Who could forget that name? Edith, yeah. she's oh my amazing. God, that's so funny. What are the odds, everybody? She, you're on, are you posting on YouTube, your podcast? Because you're on YouTube here. I am on YouTube. I haven't been doing YouTube since I was on the road traveling and I stopped it, but I'm getting back to it. I'm going to put your episode on there. I might put edits on there. I'm not sure. Okay. I know because she's also on there as magical priestess, right? Okay. I don't know. I'll have to find her. That's too funny. I can't believe that. <laughs> Crazy. I know. Okay. We're pulling a card. We're pulling, pulling a card for the collective. Everybody listening, this card is for you or whenever you watch this because this lives go on to your YouTube station, right? Like people can watch Correct. it. Okay. Yes. They'll watch the replay too. Let's see. Ooh, how beautiful. So this is also an important message during your awakening. Be your best self always. So there's this. Oh, wait. Let me see if I can make you bigger. Oh, no. How do I do that? Yeah. Um, I'm going to remove myself for a second so I can make your card bigger. Can you hold the card again? Mm -hmm. Oh, there it goes. Yeah. Be your best self always. Look at there's like this mermaid woman on a seahorse, which kind of looks like a green dragon. No. <laughs> It does. Totally does. So I love this idea because it, to me, it, it harkens to authenticity and that one of the highest vibrations we can be at is when we're just being as open as possible and just trying to come from our heart, come from love and come from kindness. I try to remind myself as I walk through my day that when we have these big ideas, we want to go and we want to have this, you know, a big reach and inspire a lot of people. Don't forget that you do that by exhibiting that in your day-to-day -day life. Be thoughtful, be respectful, be kindful to kind of people that you meet in the grocery store, that people that you call to ask for an appointment on the phone for something and everything you do, be your best self always, because we don't want to just be doing it when it's convenient, right? We want to just get accustomed to letting our light shine and being in our most natural state. So being our best self all, always is also what comes along with the spiritual awakening because you realize every moment is infinite and we don't want to just show up sometimes as our best self and our highest self that eventually we ascend to the point where we are back to the source, the one, and we are always expressed our best self. But on earth, it's, because, it's a practice at first. So the more we practice being our best selves at all times, the more we're aligned with it. And when we shine our light out with integrity as our best selves, without expecting anything back, just coming in service and filling our cup up first and getting our spirit guides behind us and being of service either to us, you know, to you guys with us on the platform or to your family or friends locally within your life, it just fills them up and they feel your genuine love and light. And that's, I think that's the true magic about how we can serve our best. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm, I love that card. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. I love this deck. They're, the cards are exquisite. All They're, the different that, Like point it towards my uh, video, like angle it. Okay, there you are. Because the light is shining where you can't really see it unless you angle it. Oh, do you see her? The other direction. Like that? Oh, yeah. And then a little bit flat. Yeah, right there. <laughs> Hopefully a they little get closer, a little closer. I feel like I'm telling you how to hang a picture. I know. A little down. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's a good view. 
Oh my gosh. And she's looking up and she's got her beautiful aura hair and her bubbles. And she's, that reminds me of the aura empath, like protection meditation I do where I envision like this big bubble, like you keep, you kept referencing shining your light out, like up above your head. And that's how I view it. The yeah. light goes out above our head from the crystal in the, the earth. And then it shines out around like a bubble and it protects us. Yes. It's gorgeous. I love that. Yeah. So there well, it is. Thank it's you so awesome. much for that. You guys remember that a spiritual awakening, it really is a deeply personal journey. So yours is going to look completely different than ours. And um, if these signs resonate with you, know that you are not alone. We are here to support you through our podcast and our work. And there is a beautiful journey for you ahead, even if you feel like you're in you're in the darkness and you can't trust yourself. There is a beautiful journey ahead. Just keep looking forward and find that light to help you shine out. Good. All right. I'm going to remove you and I'm going to do the outro so I can pop this up onto the podcast on Saturday and then we can say goodbye if you have a minute. I don't know. Yeah. Are we still live or what? We're still live. I'm just telling you and they're going to hear our little behind the scenes. Hi. <laughs> I'm nice to look. I wasn't my best self for a second. Dang, I thought I was <laughs> You're your authentic self, being always being your best. I was still being my best self, even when I was off. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening on watching all the way to the end. I really appreciate you being here. And if you enjoyed this video, don't forget to like, share it with a friend and subscribe for more content on spiritual awakening and personal growth. Grab your spiritual healing support, including the free somatic energy cleansing workshop and the link in the show notes and your human design and all the healing guidebooks that I offer and the link in the description below. And remember, always keep your unique light shining.